looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why Apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want and Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And here's a people exclusive. Drew and Jonathan Scott say they take credit for matchmaking Aunt Anstead and Renee Zellweger. Who expected this? Do they also take credit for climate change and like, you know, the coming end times? Will they also take credit for those things? <laughs> <laughs> will they take credit for coral bleaching? Will they right. take will credit they, for the will they take credit methane for release in Antarctica? <laughs> you know what they definitely won't take credit for is what they've done to a people's homes across the country. The trends. The trends. They appeared on People, the TV show, last week. This is People's parentheses, People, the TV show, last week. <laughs> they said they opened up about their role in matchmaking Zellweger and Anstead, who first met last June on the set of Celebrity IOU, Joyride, the Discovery Plus show Anstead hosts and the Scott Brothers produce. Which, by the way, no one's ever seen this show. Like, I know that it's a real show. I'm kind of half joking, but I feel like no one's ever seen this show. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I've never seen this show. I have seen this show. Um, okay. My thing about Discovery Plus is that I'll watch like two episodes of a new thing and be like, okay, I get it and never watch it again and just watch House Hunters more, which is totally fine. So you did watch this and you said, I get it. Yeah. I said, I get it. Yeah. I respect it. Asked whether they take credit for the pairing, Jonathan, 43, tells Parsons, quote, yes, we We do. do. So so could wedding bells be in their future? Who knows, Drew tells people. I better be the ring bearer. That's all I care about. Oh, these guys. I love that they go back and forth between Jonathan and Drew. It's like we have to take turns. It's it's this unspoken thing where when they're being interviewed together, they like know that they should go back and forth. When we give interviews, we're not very good at that. So I feel like this is this is a twin thing. It's twin energy. And it's also like when we give interviews, there will be a silence. And one of us will say like, Lindsay, you take that. Or Bobby, you do this one. <laughs> like, Jonathan and Drew are much better at this. Everything is unspoken. Yeah, we don't have a twin psychic connection. Can you believe that one of them is reproducing? I cannot believe we're going to have, like, a property <laughs> child. Just in terms of, like, the media around it is going to be really intense. There's a uh, there's a good Golden Girls line where they go to a sperm oh, bank. God. 
I wasn't expecting this, and yet I should expect it. Blanche is very repulsed by the idea of a sperm bank before they go, and she says something like, A sperm bank. The very idea of a bank having sperm. A sperm bank. <laughs> Just the very idea of a bank having sperm. <laughs> the very idea of a Scot having sperm. They're not supposed to have sperm. The you're Scots so aren't right. supposed They're to like, have sperm. You're right. Like the idea that there's sperm in there is like truly disturbing. <laughs> Zoe Deschanel goes, oh, believe me, there's sperm in there. <laughs> the cops like show up. She's like putting her hands up. She's like, there's sperm in there. <laughs> Officers, I'm telling you, there's sperm in there. <laughs> why are the cops there? Sorry, we don't have twin energy, so I'm not quite sure why you think the cops are there. <laughs> it's in my fantasy they're getting arrested. <laughs> I already told you they caused climate change. <laughs> it's funny that like the politics regarding climate change are so like intense and impossible where it's like one side says it's man-made and the other side says, no, there's no climate change at all. But maybe we could all agree that climate change is real if we have a common enemy and that enemy is the Scott brothers. <laughs> <laughs> we can all agree that climate change is real and it's Drew and Jonathan's fault. It's all love. It's all love. You are listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM, and we receive comments like this. Speaking of Renee Zellweger. Hi, Who Weekly. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Uh, I don't understand how you could talk about Jack White and even mention his exes and not mention Renee Zellweger because that is one of the weirdest celebrity couples ever, A. And B, you had just talked about Christina on the coast, whose ex-husband is currently dating Renee Zellweger. I get it weird. Just, I don't, they're weird. It's all weird. Okay. Crunch, crunch. Hey, Jack White famously took Meg Weiss' last name. Feminism win. Crunch, crunch. I totally forgot, even though I'm like the world's biggest cold mountain stan. <laughs> I feel like that movie has been decided by like the critical you know, minds of the world, the critical movie lovers that it's bad, but I refuse. It's good. I think so too. Do you know what I mean? I'm like the last person standing on the Titanic as it's sinking, being like, this is a good movie. Critically well-received, did pretty well at the box office, based on a bestseller, had an Oscar-winning performance. I feel like I'm being told I'm not supposed to like it, but I think it's good. And I think a lot of people agree. People like Cold Mountain, I think. No, I mean, I think so too, but there has been a little bit of a cultural shift. I just feel like that's a really, that's in a really emotionally, when Jude Law and Nicole Kidman meet up at the end, that's like, oh, when they meet up at the end, oh, that's a charged moment. That's a charged moment. The reason why I brought that up is because Jack White famously started dating Renee Zellweger after they met on the set of Cold Mountain, on which she plays like the scrappy mash friend. She's very good at it. Ruby Thews. He plays like some a, a random musician, which makes sense. And he's good at it, too, because he he looks like he's dying of dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> Renee Selweger's dating history is crazy. Like, it's, it's crazy, crazy enough that... It's crazy. It's crazy it enough crazy. that she's currently dating Aunt Anstead, like, confirmed making out with him in a Texas cap, you know? Oh, I'm wearing a Longhorn hoodie right now. I have something in common with Renee Selweger right now. I'm showing my UT pride. Yeah, she's weird. It's it's charming. I'm on Who's Dated Who, okay, just as a refresher. Usually, when you go to Who's Dated Who, you see the relationships that are confirmed with a number of months or years and or years, and then you have the R's, which mean rumored encounter rumored relationship encounters so funny ours aside her relationship is ridiculous 
Read them. You have Aunt Anstead, Doyle Bramhall II for seven years, John Stamos, a rumored encounter, which is wild, Bradley Cooper one year, Dan Abrams, Andre Balaz. Andre Balaz, it's Balaz. He was the hotel financier guy. Paul McCartney encounter, excuse me, John Krasinski. Stop. Luke Perry rumor, Kenny Chesney, they were married, never forget, Damien Rice, they dated for a year after Jack White, George Clooney rumor, who cares, Matthew Perry encounter Jim Carrey for one year because Crazy. of whatever movie they made together, Josh Pate, don't know who that is, and then two people I've never heard of in my life. She has a charming mix of not just dating the men that she works with, which is like such a funny random thing. Mm-hmm. So it means that every like so often she has a star studded fling with a guy that she's in a movie with, Jim or Jack or whatever. But the idea that she's mixing like those work encounters with like a, a hotel financier, like a like a rich hotel guy or, mm-hmm. you know, like she's really going above and beyond like it's it's every type of guy. It's kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. She hasn't dated like a normie though. Those are all kind of like guys. Aunt Anstead is the closest to normie. But he's I not think, a normie. He's in not a, a while. Normie. He's not a normie though. Yeah, I guess that's true. And oh, Doyle Bramhall, the second whom she dated for a hot minute, musician. Didn't know who he was. He's a musician. He's written yeah. songs for Eric Clapton and Roger Waters. Dating, her dating Damien Rice is amazing. That's kind of incredible. We got many, 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 many calls about this. Hey, Jack White famously took Meg Weiss' last name. Feminism win. Crunch, crunch. Jack White and Meg White were married. Jack took Meg's name as an act of feminism. Yeah, I forgot about this. I remember I said on the pod this was a big deal, but then promptly forgot what the big deal was. The big deal <laughs> I was that. the deal in two seconds. <laughs> the big the deal was, and people talked about this nonstop for like a few years, was that people were so confused about whether they were married or not. And they would joke that they were siblings, like to kind of be like cheeky about mm. it. But they had been married. They met in high school. He took her last name. His name is actually, John Anthony Gillis mm-hmm. and then a Detroit newspaper literally was like we're we're literally gonna publish your wedding uh, certificate because this is now of interest because you made it of interest so they did Megan Martha White and John Anthony Gillis the two least rock and roll names of all time <laughs> I love it it's kind of um it's kind of Johnny Cash and June it's and very June like Cash. it kind of reminds me no what was her uh, whatever her maiden name was I already forgot Valerie June Carter. Yeah. My friend who works for Criterion just posted that it's the Criterion Channel's third birthday, which means it's also the birthday of Barbara Streisand saying, happy birthday, Criterion Channel. We should celebrate this every year. Put it on the calendar. Happy birthday, Criterion Channel. (laughs) Happy birthday, Criterion Channel. Okay, trying this again. I'm sure you already had a million people call in, but just in case, I listened to the podcast late, and I was trying to place Tracy Tom, so I Googled her, and her Wikipedia is fixed. It does not show that she is married to Cedric Yarborough. So, your hooligans were on the job. Um, Crunch, crunch. This is a little presumptuous and perhaps even a little rude of me. It's definitely lazy of me. 
But the reason I didn't edit this and like find the password to the Wikipedia account I know I made like 15 years ago is because I knew a hooligan would take care of business. And they did. I just feel like we have hooligans who are passionate Wikipedia heads and I just like want to give them the opportunity to be to do it, you know? Fixed content. Tracy and Cedric are not married or even together. I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> like, you're welcome. Tracy, you're welcome. You're welcome, Tracy. You're welcome, Tracy. Next call. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Uh, in regards to Brie Larson being cast in Fast and Furious 10, I think we're all forgetting that she very famously starred in those Nissan Girlboss commercials, um, and many of them where she drove around, you know, just being a badass in her Nissan. So I think this is actually kind of a perfect fit, uh, given her trajectory. So, uh, Brie Larson YouTuber, crunch crunch. Bye. I have a question for you. Do you think... Just one. <laughs> Do you think that Vin Diesel mm. saw this Nissan ad and was like, we got to get her? <laughs> uh, is there like even a funny way to respond to that? I genuinely think no. I think he did not. I just think it's so funny. I totally forgot that she rolls up in that Nissan and is like, hey, women can drive too and then drives away or whatever the <laughs> ad is. Like I already forget. As a refresher, the Nissan Sentra commercial is all about Brie Larson kidnapping a woman and telling her to know her value <laughs> and then dropping her back off at the boss and saying, you're worth more than this. So I'm going to hold on promoting you this quarter. Cool. Drop the taco. Get in the car. Does this Sentra feel like a compromise to you? Wait, what? The handling. It's good, right? No compromise there. Nope. Watch this. Breathe, breathe. We're automatic braking. So if this Nissan Sentra isn't going to compromise, why should you? You're right. That a girl. Do you think Brie Larson would go to jail for kidnapping if the excuse <laughs> was like, I just taught her, I like literally just taught her her value. Like I put her in the car and I taught her her value. The woman's like, you're driving too fast. That was like me on the way to the airport. Like this cab driver is driving too fast. and I'm not even learning about feminism. <laughs> she would go to prison, but it, it depends on who the judge is. A man would be like, desperate to appear woke and he'd be like you know what you were just being a girl boss you know charges dismissed whatever you whatever judges say but a woman would be like i'm sick of this girl boss shit you're going to prison <laughs> i really am not trying to be just willfully like stupid here but it the the, the commercial makes like no sense <laughs> like it has nothing to do with the car you know she screams drop the taco at a woman who's asking for more money who's about to accept less than she's worth drop the taco how does a quick drive in a fast car have anything to do with like asking for more money you know the one says to herself wow women can drive fast yeah i should ask for more money there's no connection there this is really rough there's no connection here no connection here. this was written by men <laughs> this commercial was written by men i found an article that was like um people were upset about this ad as much of nissan's previous fan base did not necessarily align with brie's values and the ad itself featured brie telling a woman to never compromise in the workplace many angry fans found the video to be too woke and even threatened to boycott nice okay it's like four people this is like come on come on get out of here it's really funny that people who are brand loyal to Nissan, like, really do not like feminism. <laughs> or they're anti-feminist. Nissan would never give a woman a raise. <laughs> okay, so you're, <laughs> and you're also saying that she was in a Disney movie. Is it a Disney movie or is it like a A Disney Channel movie? original movie from the 90s called Right on Track. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. I'm calling uh, because I had to pause the pod and because you guys have neglected um, Brie Larson's uh, racing car history, right? So the, I think 
a really funny reason that she is qualified to join the Fast and the Furious franchise is because of this Disney Channel original movies from like the early aughts called Right on Track, where she and Beverly Mitchell of Seventh Heaven fame, uh, Lucy, for all the people who used to watch that show, um, play these sisters. Like it's a biopic um, about these two sisters who are in junior drag racing and are really good at it. And everyone's mad because they're girls that are really good at drag racing. Um, and Bree is just like the naturally talented one, whereas Beverly Mitchell is the one that has to like work really hard and gets really anxious and like um, just like all worked up about it. Whereas Brie Larson's like, haha, I have such great reaction time. So yeah, thanks. Uh, crunch, crunch. Sorry, what? In 2003. I was in high school. I wasn't watching Disney Channel original movies. Based on a true story about two sisters who came out on tops of a man's sport, the story is based on Courtney and Erica Enders. Okay, so it's like a real story. Brie was Courtney. Beverly was Erica. It seems like Erica is still racing a lot competitively and uh, Courtney less so just Uh simply because of the lengths of their Wikipedias. Erica's Wikipedia is pretty substantial. Courtney's is teeny tiny. I do like that Brie has acknowledged her um, work in this film. She posted mm-hmm. not too long ago that it was streaming on Disney Plus, which I like. I like that she's kind of like, remember this? Like, remember me? Remember that? Like, I was a child star? You know, because Brie's been through like many different phases of her extremely strange career. Yes, extremely strange career. Her career can best be described as totally random. Next call. This is unbelievable. Hi, Who Weekly just had to pause the pod after you were talking about Normani and take me after the ball game. I think it was a little bit of a weird choice by whoever came up with this project because the song Take Me Out to the Ball Game is already feminist in a way. So the the song is about a woman telling her young suitors to stop like taking her to dinner in the movies and saying that she wants to go to baseball games instead. Um, if you look up like the first verse, the first line of it is Katie Casey was baseball mad. Um, so yeah, it's about girls. It's not about women in sports. It's, it's about women at sports. So um, it seems a little weird that they uh, chose to feminize that without recognizing that it already was. was. Um, that's it. Lindy, Lindy podcaster. Wait, I'm so, I so- I swear to God, I'm not trying to be rude, but who the fuck knows like the full lyrics and context of Take Me Out to the Fuck? This is definitely the sort of thing you learn when you're 11 and never forget. What kind of like Springfield Mass Baseball Museum, historical museum, like information is this? Like, what is this? The lyrics of Take Me Out to the Ball Game are, as the caller said, Katie Casey was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad just to root for the hometown crew. Every Sue, Katie Blue. Okay, but then here we go. This is what the caller alluded to, but I'm going to read the full lyrics. On a Saturday, her young beau called to see if she'd like to go to see a show. But Miss Kate said, no, I'll tell you what you can do. And then we lead into the classic Take Me Out to the Ball Game. She says... Don't take me to the Broadway show. Don't take me to dinner. Take me to the goddamn Mets game and buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. Okay, so listen. So you're saying that take me to the ball game is the chorus and we're missing the entire track. Yes. And you know what the second Mm -hmm. verse is? Speaking of feminism. Did she get to go? Brie Larson wishes she could be as feminist as Katie Casey at the baseball game and her fucking Nissan Sentra. Katie Casey saw all the games, knew the players by their first names. What? Told the umpire he was wrong. All along, good and strong. When the score was just two to two, Katie Casey knew what to do. Just to cheer up the boys she knew, she made the gang sing this song. 
Then it becomes meta, and she's like, I'm going to make the players do better by singing at them the song, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. It's honestly brilliant. I love this. But you know what's kind of a bummer, though? It hmm. shows that whoever, whatever ad agency pitched this Cracker Jill bullshit didn't even like understand even the, the full context of the song because they could have had Normani play Casey, like the original Casey, mm-hmm. who said, mm-hmm. take me out to the ball game, out to the ball game. Exactly. Although it would, it may need a little adjusting. As the caller said, it's only like sort of feminist. Like she has no aspirations to play, and I think is very aware of the fact that she will never be allowed to play, <laughs> at least not until Gina Davis shows up. Sure, but it's not like Casey hits a mean home run. It's just yeah. like Casey loves watching sports. Yeah. Like that's okay too. Which is pretty groundbreaking for the time, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess. What do I know about 1908? Well, it was it was first played at the ballpark in 1934. So yeah, it was uh, it was early. Uh-huh. Okay, shout out to our Wikipedia heads. I'm on the Take Me Out to the Ballgame Wikipedia, and the final section is the song in popular culture. And we have it all the way from ni- a 1935 Marx Brothers film to an Amazon Prime original series called Costume Quest. But what we don't have is Normani's feminist version, Take Me Out to the Ballgame, starring Cracker Jill. So if one of you would please add that to this list of Take Me Out to the Ballgame in pop culture, I'd appreciate it. Would you appreciate it, Lindsay? I would really appreciate it. Sure, I guess. Now that while, while we have the Wikipedia heads on the line, do keep going, <laughs> I guess. It's not our job to to fill out Wikipedia. That is not our position in this world. <laughs> but sure. This is one of the best facts I've learned on this show in a very long time. Okay, next call. Hi, Who Weekly. I know I promised myself and you both and Timmy that I wouldn't call again about the Ryan Cabrera Alexa Bliss wedding. But... I wanted to let you know, because you were talking about Avril Lavigne, Avril Lavigne and Ryan Cabrera used to date, and not only did they used to date, but Avril was in the wedding party for Ryan Cabrera and Alexa Bliss's wedding. She was a bridesmaid. So it all kind of weirdly comes full circle, and I thought you needed to know that. Um, Thank you for putting up with me. Good form, Bella Thorne. Bye. I'm so annoyed that I didn't put like I'm two annoyed. and twelve together to get fourteen, and fig- and re- and realize that Avril Lavigne was also at this wet two and twelve. It's harder than two and two, like slightly <laughs> hard. I'm trying to give myself slightly. more credit. <laughs> I'm so mad. There's that not I even realized. any carrying. At least do like two and nine. A little bit of carrying goes a long way, right? I'm just saying, like I was a little bit harder of a math problem than 12. normal because I'm. <laughs> Listen. Um, I'm mad about that. And I, we did not realize we should have done, you know, one more Google, I guess, more than 12, the 12 Googles I did already on we this. We did so many Googles for this. No, this is just something we missed. That Avril Lavigne went to this wedding because she and Ryan, Ryan Cabrera are friends who maybe used Old to date friends. in 2015, which actually predates this podcast. So I don't really remember it as well as I remember everything mm-hmm. from 2016 on, which is to say not well. I don't remember those things well, <laughs> but I remember this less well. There was a period of time after mm. Avril had like vaguely split from her husband, um, Nickelback guy. Look at this photograph. And Ryan Cabrera had split from his girlfriend, Katie Krause, quote, a digital host at Entertainment Tonight. Hey guys, I'm Katie Krause for Hollywire.com. She broke up with him because he was partying too much, which is like, ugh. And he moved in to Avril's house. They like were living together. Mm-hmm. And they were very insistent, like, we're just friends. We're just friends. A quote, while we appreciate the interest in Ryan's endeavors at this time, we have no comment regarding TMZ's latest report about Ryan's personal life, uh, blah, blah, blah. And he said, nowadays, I tend to keep all love life stuff just completely separate because you know how it is. But they were basically like, 
like denying. But TMZ for some reason had this like vendetta against them to like prove that they were fucking. And so literally posted these photos of them at dinner like canoodling and wrote Avril Lavigne and Ryan Cabrera had the most romantic steak dinner you've ever seen two quote unquote friends have. The duo was spotted Tuesday night at STK Midtown in NYC sipping rosé and chowing down on filet and foie gras. Witnesses say they were cozy cuddling and kissed. Mm-hmm. It's just funny because it's it's so it's so indignant about them denying that they were yeah. hooking up. They're like, oh, you say that you're friends. Well, we see you smooching. They want him in a gotcha. But but I kind of am like, whether they kissed or not a few times, clearly the fact that she was at his wedding shows that they were good friends at some point, either before or after or it just like fizzled or whatever, because having your ex at your wedding is like not specifically the most normal thing. She wasn't just an ex at the wedding. She was Ryan's wife's bridesmaid. <laughs> so she was like in the she, wedding. She was in the wedding. She was in the wedding. Right. So just saying like it almost, not that I don't think TMZ saw them canoodling at Steakhouse or whatever in Midtown, but I do think that this kind of shows that they were good friends and that she mm-hmm. let him stay with her <laughs> and as a yeah. friendship. Next comment. Speaking of wedding comments. Springtime vibes are in the air, and when I bring in some beautiful flowers that are blooming, I want to smell them, not the litter box. And I can, thanks to Pretty Litter. I'm going to correct this ad because I didn't bring any flowers in, but you know what I did cook yesterday? A big pot of beans. It smelled delicious in my apartment. It smelled like all the yummy stuff I was cooking, and it didn't smell like cat poo-poo or cat pee-pee because I use Pretty Litter. You're saying springtime vibes are in the air, and when I cook a big pot of beans, <laughs> I'd rather I want to smell beans. them, yes. not the litter box. I'd rather okay, smell beans great. than flour. I'm trying to personalize I don't think it. Pretty Litter would mind you correcting their intro with your own personal endorsement, which is yes. that you want to smell your beans. Yes. Delicious, fragrant beans with bay leaves and garlic and onion. This is all to say that nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, it's low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. So I know that when people come over to my apartment, they're going to be smelling whatever I'm cooking, whatever's in the air, you know, like whatever candle I lit. They're not going to smell what's in the litter box because it soaks it all up. Plus, the crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like UTIs, kidney issues, and more. So when the colors change, you can tell your vet what happened so they know what to look for. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have kitty litter bags taking up a lot of space in my little apartment. Go to prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash who. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Who Weekly is brought to you by Squarespace. As usual, we love Squarespace. We love Squarespace. It's the only way we will ever have a website. (laughs) Is Squarespace. You're right. Because it's easy. Because I can update it very fast when things go crazy with tour announcing, which we might have to do relatively soon. Might? Uh, Might? uh You said, we just came and saw you. I said, well, this is a this is a 365 podcast. We're planning ahead. Everyone's everyone's doing live shows these days. So all the venues are getting booked up. So we have to book our tour, which is far away pretty soon. But we already know we already know the dates. We're ready to update the website on Squarespace. And we also already know how to put them on the website, which is like half the battle because it's Squarespace. Exactly. And we've done this for a long time and it's very, very easy. We love Squarespace because 
It's very easy to update things. We love Squarespace because we have a contact form, which is the way most people get in touch with us. Even though we have a very easy to remember email address, which is what's read up to at gmail.com, people would prefer to just use the contact form on Squarespace because Squarespace is easy. And on our website, it's easy to find our press clippings. It's easy to find embeds of the podcast. It's easy to find anything you need to know about our podcast. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, go to squarespace.com slash who to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Hi, you weekly, long time, long time. Um, I'm here to just call in with some insights as to why um, Rashida Jones was at the Brooklyn Beckham um, Nicola Peltz wedding. Um, so Nicola Peltz's brother is Will Peltz and Will Peltz is I don't think married, but they've been together for like 10 years with Kenya Kinski Jones, who is one of Quincy Jones' children, and so therefore one of Rosita Jones's younger siblings. Um, and so if I have to guess that, it's probably how Rashida Jones like knows, obviously like knows this family and would get an invite to this wedding. Still feels hella random, but I, it's just funny to think that like Rashida Jones has like had to like interact with Brooklyn Beckham, and even that, like, Quincy Jones has had to interact, perhaps, with, like, Brooklyn Beckham at some sort of family event. Um, but, yeah, that is the, the weird web and the weird way that they are connected. All right. Um, ScarJo Yummy Pop. Bye. Incredible connection. I'm pissed we missed it, but I'm so glad you caught it. I Like, this would have been one more Google to figure out why Rashida Jones was there. No, it was confusing why Rashida Jones was there. I yeah. kind of, like, skipped blue, ba- blue past it, but we should know better than that. The funniest thing ever is that Rashida Jones's sibling, one of Regina Jones's many siblings, her half-sister's Kenya Kinski-Jones, a 24-year-old in, I don't know what year this was written, so maybe she's not 24-year-old, one of Quincy's many kids. She's 29 now. Oh, great. Is dating Will Peltz, who is Nicola Peltz's brother. Nicola Peltz's mm-hmm. brother is vaguely an actor. He was in Unfriended, that movie where the kids like got killed on Zoom. I saw it. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they did. He was also in Men, Women, and Children, the oh my God, Ivan Scott. Reitman, the Jason Reitman movie that everyone hated movie. that I never saw. Like the yeah, worst movie awful. of all time, essentially. So they've been dating for like a significant amount of time, like seven years or something. So like it would make sense that Rashida Jones and her siblings are like a significant part of Will Peltz, aka Nicola Peltz's brother's life. Therefore, the Peltzes know the the Joneses. The Peltzes mm-hmm. know the Joneses. Therefore, Brooklyn Beckham is probably good friends or friends with Rashida Jones via this incredible knot. You know, you know that he's calling in favors. He's like Rashida. Like, can you get me? I don't know a role. A role. A role. A role. <laughs> A roll of bread because I'm a chef. <laughs> I thought you meant bread, but you meant a job. <laughs> well, I forgot that he's not. I forgot that he's a chef. So a roll. I was thinking about someone called in about this and I don't think I downloaded the call, but I was looking at Victoria Beckham's Instagram after this caller called in because remember how we mentioned that the rumor was Victoria Beckham offered all of the Spice the Girls dresses. the opportunity to dress yeah, in yeah, her yeah. line. Right, of course. That's a really uh, that's a really interesting conspiracy. Yeah. Someone called in and said, as far as they knew, as far as they could tell, the clothes that the Mel's were wearing were not Victoria Beckham's. But Victoria did call out on her Instagram, "Beautiful weekend celebrating at Brooklyn Peltz Beckham." He already changed his handle, by the way. He's at Brooklyn Peltz Beckham on Instagram. Crazy. At Nicola Peltz Beckham. So proud to have dressed some of my favorite ladies and best friends for the occasion. And she has a slideshow of a lot of her friends in Victoria Beckham originals, and one of them is Ava Longoria. 
Mm. Then we have Mimi Mouche. Moocher? I don't know. Nadia Ferreira, mm-hmm. who is Mark Anthony's girlfriend. Wait, so what you're saying is is that she did get a lot of her famous she, friends to dress in Victoria Beckham She dressed Beckham a lot clothes. of her famous friends yeah. in her clothes, but no one in this carousel is affiliated with the Spice Girls. Apart from, I guess, being friends with Victoria Beckham makes you affiliated with the Spice Girls, but... I mean, the dress that she was wearing that was obviously her own design was beautiful. So it's like, I took note of that. I was like, because she talked about how she like got the fabric custom, this very special new custom fabric that looks like metal. And it really did. It was it was very beautiful. So another person called and said their conspiracy, this is on, this we'll play this on the Patreon because it's a Patreon call, but I'll, I'll sum it up here, was that they thought maybe... Victoria didn't want all the Spice Girls to actually attend because it would steal focus from her and her son. Mm. So she was like, hey, girlies, we're going to have to stagger this thing. Some of you can't come. Like only a few of you are allowed to come. Which I and would Jerry say was like, like <laughs> I call it. <laughs> I call right. not coming. <laughs> that's that's very like um, Galaxy Brain, uh, this situation. You know, like this, that's the next level of kind of crazy thinking. But maybe. I don't know that I buy that. I think these people wanted as many eyes as possible on this wedding. And the more the merrier. I think that Jerry was like, this doesn't sound like fun to me. Yeah. (laughs) And also we got calls, a lot of calls about her husband. And like the extent of her obsession with her husband's job, his racing, cannot be overstated. She's really a wag. Yeah. She's the ultimate wag, which Victoria Beckham should understand. You know, she lived the wag life Mm -hmm. for a while. This is funny because Timmy noted um, that Will Pelt's Loki has more credits than Nicola. I don't think either of them are actors because they like acting. I think they're just actors because like that's a thing that like they did once or future. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like his last credit was like two. I just don't think that they're like these aren't two kids who are like passionate in um, pursuing the art. I think Brooklyn Beckham is more passionate about being a chef than Nicola and Will are passionate about being actors. Um, okay, lesbians, dance moms. Chloe from Dance Moms, arguably the best dancer with the best mom who then left. Um, somehow I just found out that she has a girlfriend and came out and as like a, a, a queer, old millennial queer, I'm feeling very left out of like the news. Um, but the thing is, I have no idea who this girlfriend is. Her name's like Brooklyn something, Brooklyn Cowrie, I think it is. And I'm like, is she an influencer? Like, I, I just don't really understand how they met. And I'm wondering if you can give me information on this, like, hip, young, lesbian couple. Crunch, crunch. I have, like, no context here. <laughs> I never watched Dance Moms. I love that the caller said she's the best dancer with the best mom. <laughs> this feels like like Jojo Siwa adjacent where like I only dip my toe into like the Jojo like I'm I'm like I know a lot about Jojo that's as far as I can go here this is like next level like other young lesbians on Dance Moms I can't like <laughs> quite get there well we have Chloe Lukasiak she's 20 years old she came out and announced her girlfriend came out as queer in October of 2021 completely missed that story and is dating a skateboard star named Brooklyn Corey. Brooklyn not spelled like the borough but spelled like Well, I was going to say not to be rude, but it's not it's Brooklyn spelled B R O O K L I N N. So it's like Brooklynin but missing the e. Brooklyn Corey, K H O U R Y, not spelled like Callie Corey, the the screenwriter of Thumb on Louise and the creator of Lindsay's favorite show Nashville. But they confirmed that they were dating in October. Hello, welcome back to my channel. This is my special guest, my girlfriend, Brooklyn. 
I posted a photo on Instagram a couple of months ago and sort of announced slash alluded to the fact that we were dating. <laughs> but people still don't get that we're dating. No, they don't. Even in person, we'll be like holding hands and clearly together and people will be like, how long have you been friends? They just don't really get it. <laughs> yeah, they don't understand. Or because a lot of people in society say like girlfriend as like a friend. Oh, that is another thing. <laughs> I need to put out a PSA. <laughs> if you can, please stop referring to your friends as your girlfriends mm. because it makes it so difficult for us to introduce ourselves. The I most interesting thing about this is that not only did I miss this coming out story, I missed this entire people exclusive saga about Brooklyn Corey being attacked by a dog and losing her lip. When you see these headlines, they're extremely dramatic. The story is very, very harrowing, but like I missed all of it. None of this gave me a glimmer of recognition. So she was at a friend's house, at a family member's house, and was petting a dog that attacked her lip. She lost the lip. It was literally ripped off. It's disgusting. But now she's been getting all this like surgery or whatever, and they started dating. So now their story is solidified by and defined by this lip thing because they met before she lost the lip. And she was like, I thought that Chloe might leave me because of my lip injury, but she hasn't. And so now they're like doing red carpet events together. She's gaining confidence after losing her lip. It's like actually sort of sweet and inspiring. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful love story. They walked the red carpet for the premiere of Olivia Rodrigo's Driving Home to You, a sour film held at the Regency <laughs> Village Theater on Thursday, March 24th in Westwood, California. I know. Also in attendance were the Kid Leroy, Katrina Dem, as well as Kira Kosarin and Avani Gregg. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. Top five things to know about the skateboarder dating dance moms, Chloe. Brooklyn Curry is a skateboarder. Two, she was in a Doja Cat video. Three, what happened to Brooklyn Curry's face? That's not Rude, a thing that's to not, know. That's not a fact. Four, she hasn't let the injury take away her smile. Okay, that's, a, that's fine. Five, that's she loves Disneyland traveling and skateboarding. A fascinating story. I The other thing that I thought was funny about Chloe is that people referred to her at one point, not as a dancer, not as an influencer, not as a model, but as the literati curator. Incredible. <laughs> you mean like the book company? Now the literati curator tells people why she's ready to talk about her usually private love life. I mean, to be fair, this should happen to nobody, but she's a professional skateboarder. She's got to be tough. That's tough. That's talk about opening your body up to some injury that's a real that's a real tough one that's the uh, that's the story of chloe and brooklyn isn't that fascinating sure Next i'm call. so glad these dance mom girls are still somehow coming up through the system like incredible did you see i know you did because i sent it to you the video of the person's hinge profile well not only did i see it i posted it on who weekly stories but i thought it was just him doing a really good impression of jojo What's really no. funny is that apparently it is JoJo. Somebody posted a TikTok that was one of the sounds on Hinge. If you're not on Hinge, it is a dating app and you can put like your voice on it. You can like, there's a prompt. It'll be like, you know, what's what's something that somebody doesn't know about you and you can do it as a voice note, which is kind of a nice way to add to it. And this person said, I do a really good impression of JoJo. And then it was what I thought was him doing an incredible impression of JoJo. It but again. it turns out it was just JoJo. It says my best celebrity impression. Here we go. Okay, I can do a solid JoJo Siwa impression. Ready? One, two. 
Hey everyone, it's me, Ezra Sosa, and I am so happy that you came to my Hinge profile. Make sure you match with me if you like me. Like 100%. Unbelievable. That's JoJo. <laughs> but then Ezra Sosa really... is a professional dancer. <laughs> Somebody posted this on, tic- on Twitter and people responded like, that's her dancer. Like that is JoJo. <laughs> yes. Ezra Sosa is JoJo's backup dancer. They are peers. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's a good gag. No, that's a good gag. And JoJo doing her best JoJo voice really is something to cherish because she doesn't do that as much anymore. Like that, like, <laughs> I guess you could always see it on YouTube in like past videos, but I kind of miss that intensity. She's in her new era of like calm, you know, super queer, new haircut vibe, JoJo. JoJo being down to clown is very reassuring. She better you know? be. JoJo better being be down, down to clown, clown herself is like nice. I'm glad that she has that sense of humor. JoJo's always been down to play with her image and like the kind of, you know, jo- not mean jokes that people had about her being with the ponytail and stuff. Like I think that she always like didn't take it too, too, too personal. Again, one of our most well-adjusted child stars to this date. Hey, guys. Long time, medium time. Um, I just found out that the new Mel Gibson, Mark Wahlberg movie is directed by Rosalind Ross, who I believe is Mel Gibson's girlfriend and the mother of one of their children. They have a child together. Um, Who is this person? Crunch, crunch. I feel like everyone's kind of pretending that Father Stu like doesn't exist, you know? (laughs) Like, we all know I mean, that Father Stew is coming out, but everyone's like, let's not, like, discuss that. Let's not get any asses in seats when it comes to Father Stew. No one wants to promote this, like, really. And I don't want to overuse the word cursed, but this extremely cursed movie. Well, it's isn't it about a priest? It, is, it can be cursed. Well, that's what I mean. It, it's, it's cursed down to it actually being about, like, religion, about, like, capital H-I-M, his power. And it's a true story of a man who was just sort of like, just a kind of a shitty dude who was in a motorcycle accident. And after his motorcycle accident, he decides to like, be a he's, priest. he's been saved by Christ. And he wants to be atoned for all of his sins and become a priest. And it's supposed to be this inspirational story about like the power of faith, whatever. It's starring Mark Wahlberg. It's co-starring Mel Gibson. And it was written and directed by Mel Gibson's girlfriend, long-term girlfriend, with whom he shares a child. And this is a girlfriend who started dating Mel Gibson after the anti-Semitic video. So it's oh, just, it's yeah. not like, you know, like, so this what is you're someone saying who is had all a, the puzzle pieces, put them all winner. together and said, yeah, this is someone who had all the facts and said, I'm going to continue down this journey, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's interesting because the Mark Wahlberg turning into a Mel Gibson thing without the explicit anti-Semitism or racism, although he did, you know, literally he blinded a vietnamese man in a racist attack he was involved in a hate crime in his youth i'm just there but there hasn't been in his hollywood rise there has not been that mel gibson moment but it does feel like kind of behind the scenes he sees himself in mel gibson because he's kind of passion of the christing alongside him a little bit yeah well what he's seeing is so dark and that is mel gibson also behaved reprehensibly and said really hateful bigoted things publicly and persevered and like maintained a pretty powerful position in Hollywood so of course Mark Wahlberg idolizes him like everything about this is so unpleasant 
and everyone recognizes that it's unpleasant. You're right. Like he spoke his truth, uh, like against the Jews, and like then, and like he's so talented that like they couldn't even get rid of him. And it's they like couldn't honestly, even take I him cannot, down. I cannot believe we didn't get rid of him. I also agree. Like, why? How did we not get rid of him? Like, if you are kind of like a despicable guy who's trying to be less despicable, let's give Mark Wahlberg like the slightest benefit of the doubt here. Wouldn't you idolize Mel Gibson? <laughs> Wouldn't isn't this exactly the person you would say Ugh. I want to follow in this man's footsteps? So he's mm. following in this man's footsteps, and the fact that like Rosalind Ross is involved is yes, she's written movies before. She is a screenwriter. She was an equestrian first. Like when she met Mel Gibson, she was like transitioning from equestrian to writer. She was doing something for his production company that I don't think ever actually got made or, you know, came out. But they've been dating ever since 2014. And now she's involved in the production of this movie, which just makes it seem really closed off. It makes it seem like they're in this very specific bubble where it's like, it's a very like family affair in a way where it's like mm-hmm. outsiders don't want any part in this movie. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, don't you get that sense too? Where it's like, oh, our writer director has to be someone in the family, you know, because everyone else is probably completely repulsed by this idea. Well, it's just weird. Cause it's like, it, I, yeah, I don't really understand how it makes so much sense that, that Mel Gibbons, Mel Gibson's girlfriends would be allowed to write a movie that he then stars in but it also feels like who then like produced this movie like where to get money from why am I seeing where did they get the money Lindsay they got it from Mark's fucking bank account he said it was hard he had a hard time getting funding kind of for obvious reasons that go unspoken yeah and so he's like I had to spend millions of my own that is so so it's a it's a vanity project project. essentially at this point yeah it's a passion project in like a couple of senses of the word (laughs) you know very and they weird. filmed it in a month. They filmed it in Very one month. Very weird. Yeah. So this is Rosalind Ross's project. She's getting a lot of... This is the most press I've ever seen Rosalind Ross get. I honestly <laughs> thought they had broken up until this. I mean, the last um, amount of press she got was for literally giving birth to his child, right? Like, yeah. that's the... Okay. Yeah. But the reason I wanted to play this call, I think, was because I didn't really want to talk about Mel too long or Mark too long. Yeah. But I do think it's but interesting you're fascinated that by this Rosalind. Was made. <laughs> I'm fascinated by Rosalind. Again, she was an equestrian. And but she was also Lindsay. Did you see? She was kind of a sexy equestrian. But she wasn't just an equestrian. She was a flying equestrian. There's a difference. When you say equestrian, you think just, oh yeah, sure, like a woman on a horse racing or jumping or whatever. She Some rich did woman on a horse. <laughs> very specific. No, she did very specific performance on a horse yeah. that involves being lifted up into the air on top of a horse, which I think has a name. But I don't know what the name is. Vaulting. Does it say vaulting? Vaulting? Vaulting. It's called vaulting. And so she was like a very well known in the world of vaulting, vaulter, such that she was on the cover of ESPN's body issue, naked, being vaulted over a horse. To be fair, whether or not she's well known, that's a beautiful, the the whole thing is they're trying to find different sports and different. It's, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm, it looked, the photo is incredible. The photo is incredible. She has a pretty limited INDB history, but I found some actual industry coverage where she was going to, she had written a screenplay called Lioness about like an Iraq war veteran that was going to star Elliot Page back in, when was this, 2015? And obviously this never got off the ground. This was like an announcement that like never saw the light of day. But Mm. that was like, you know, in the middle of her relationship with Mel Gibson and she was doing stuff like I just don't want to make it seem like she farted out the script. She 
has been an aspiring screenwriter for many years now. It's just really cursed that this is the the screenplay that finally saw the light of day. Okay, Mel Gibson's production company is responsible for this movie. Do you know what it's called? No. Okay, Mel Gibson's production company is called Icon Entertainment. If you mm. saw the logo, you'd say, "Oh, I recognize that." It's a little, it's a little recognizable. The logo, it's like a face. It looks very biblical. But this had me thinking, like, wow, so many celebrities have, like, really famous themmy celebrities have production companies, but, like, what are their names? I forgot. So I made a little multiple choice quiz. I'm going to oh, go through no. some thems with some what I consider to be hooey production company names. And I'm going to see if you know them. No. Okay. Okay. Brad Pitt's production company. Is it? Oh, I know this one. I know it. B-Team, B-Roll, Plan B, or okay, so I'm Brad Pitt. <laughs> it's Plan B. It's Plan B. You got it right. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Clint Eastwood's production company. Is it South Fork, Malpaso, Big Chico, or Tell Scott I'm Not Here Productions? Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know the first one. It's the second one. It's Malpaso, which is a, all of those were bodies of water in California. Malpaso is a creek in, in uh, near Carmel. You know how he loves Carmel? Yeah. Okay. Will Ferrell's production company. Is it Gary Sanchez Productions? Omar Willis Productions, Henry Ortiz Productions, or Will Ferrell's Production Company? Uh, I don't know. B. No, it's A, Gary Sanchez Productions. Reese Witherspoon's Production Company, you know this, is it? A, Whiskey in a Teacup, B, Hello Sunshine, C, Draper James Films, or D, Am I Drunk Enough to Produce a Movie, Y'all? You're real. This is a real uh, Vanity Bobby's Jokes project yeah. right here. Uh, it's, uh, it's hello, it's hello, hello sunshine or whatever. Yeah. Hello sunshine. Got it. Lawrence Fishburne's production company. Is it a Morpheus productions, B cinema gypsy productions, C film matters productions or D what's film got to do with it? Uh, is it B? Yes. It's B cinema gypsy productions. Yeah. I thought, okay. okay. Ice cubes production company. Is it a cube vision B cubism? C, cube out, or D, are we making content yet? A. A, cube vision. Got it right. It's cube vision. Okay. Margot Robbie's production company. Is it A, bombshell entertainment, B, Bondi entertainment, C, lucky chap entertainment, or D, or nor, I'm out of Fosters and Films. Get me one of both. <laughs> C. It's lucky chap entertainment. Yeah. Okay, Spike Lee's famously. Is it A, 40 Acres and a Mule Filmworks, B, Love Hate Filmworks, C, Fort Greene Filmworks, or D, She's Gotta Have These Filmworks? Is it A? It's A, 40 Acres and a Mule. Okay, like two more left. Mindy Kaling's production company. Is it Kaling Limited, Kaling Forever, Kaling International, or the Mindy Projector? Uh, wait, it's Kaling like International? That's the thing? It's Kaling International. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> So lazy. <laughs> and the last one, Adam Sandler's production company. Is it A, Mr. Waterboy, B, Happy Madison, C, Big Deeds, or D, Made Special for Lindsay Weber Productions? <laughs> oh my God. Wow. I know it's Happy Madison because <laughs> Happy any Madison. true fan would know. You definitely passed this. That was good. That was good. Okay. Thank next you. call. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, second time. Heidi Montag is now a brand ambassador for single youth jeans. They have like 250 followers on Instagram, single jeans with a one instead of an I. Okay, crunch, crunch. This has been a wild 24 hours. 
We got a lot of calls about this. I know you you thought there were other things going on in the world, especially in New York City. No. When I tell you no. all it's been is Heidi Montag posting these weird photos of her in these jeans in the ocean and saying, I'm throwing like girlies, we are throwing our jeans into the trash, only wearing them once. Who would wear jeans more than more than once? I cannot believe the copy on the original thing so god we're getting ahead of ourselves heidi montag was seen promoting on her personal instagram and linking out to a branded instagram singles jeans which are single use jeans she wrote or they wrote the beauty of singles the i as a one singles is that you only wear them once when you're done with them you throw them away and wear a new pair it's that simple and it's completely sustainable because singles are made from a proprietary blend of form-fitting cotton and recycled plastic. Heidi Montag Pratt not only posts this on her Instagram, hashtag did ad, she did a full-on paparazzi photo shoot of her taking them off and throwing them into a public trash can. She just, no, but like you couldn't tell like what jeans they were. They were just like a pair of jeans and she just- I was like, are those Levi's? <laughs> are those she ASOS? She just like took <laughs> off her jeans and threw them into the trash. Like absolutely stunning photo shoot paparazzi photo shoot which is what she's best at you know like it was in, it was just incredible and you were like something is up and I don't even know if I care what because clearly this girl isn't selling single-use jeans I mean I know the environment that we live in as well as Heidi Montag's history herself might troll you into thinking that this girl was about to sell a uh, single-use single-use jeans, jeans. <laughs> but if you took a step back and like had a little bit of a laugh at yourself you knew that something else was up like immediately I was like this isn't real this is hilarious like whatever this is it's hilarious it was one thing when it was just a website with no real information other than you know a, a vague like brand promise brand motto but then they added a countdown and when you saw the countdown you were like you're gonna have to add a future bobby to this when you edit it but fortunately the countdown ended while we were recording and we saw the truth and the truth was heidi montag pratt's an environmentalist <laughs> heidi montag pratt is greta thunberg herself you know that's exactly who she is no, literally, like, Greta, move over. Heidi is bringing awareness to the ocean. No, it's for it's for Oceana. Oceana, they are a big... Is Oceana a nonprofit? Am I it's a nonprofit. Non Oceana, Oceana's, protecting the world's oceans, a nonprofit. They're a huge nonprofit dedicating to caring about the ocean, right? And so they mm -hmm. said, I think what I love about this most is that it's very Heidi Montag in that she definitely got paid to do this. Like, mm -hmm. I do believe that Heidi Montag loves the ocean, but I also think that this woman doesn't do anything, doesn't leave the couch without getting paid. So I think she got paid. So technically when she wrote hashtag ad, she wasn't lying. Like mm -hmm. she is doing a paid placement for this nonprofit that also reflects well on her because she gets to be like I also love the ocean which like I fully believe that she loves the ocean don't they live in you know they live in California of course they love they the ocean California they have to but it's required the other funny thing is you can tell this this huge nonprofit came up with this advertise came up with this campaign said we want to bring awareness more awareness to the ocean what will get people on the internet pissed off what if we do a funny fake campaign for throwaway jeans like people will and as we found out when we posted this on our twitter people believed that this was real they were like oh god end times oh god oh god oh god but the reason why they believed it was real was because it was such perfect casting because they believed that somebody like heidi montag who in the past would would try and sell ice to eskimos as they say mm -hmm. And has tried. She just tried to sell a eat raw liver diet. You know, like she, she's she not above it. anything. She sold it. Well, that's what she that's what it. makes this so perfect. And the the outrage yesterday when this was so first funny. posted by Heidi was not only loud and unavoidable, kind of. It was instant. It happened instantly. And 
I think 70% of me thought it was a joke, but like that 30% that thought it was real was a little convincing because that's what makes her the perfect person for this campaign, right? Like, right, it's perfect. She is it's that perfect. shameless. She is she is the exact type of celebrity who you think could promote anything for the right price. Yeah, You know, totally. like she's totally. exactly that level of person. But here she is doing, I don't know, air quotes good. I, I think that this is a little impressive. Maybe we should have given Heidi more benefit of the doubt. So here's the audio from the reveal where she explains that disposable jeans are a lie and that she's actually just spreading awareness about the dangers of single-use plastics. More than once is a waste of time. Wear singles jeans. So simple. So convenient. So stupid. Single-use jeans are dumb. As dumb as single-use plastic bottles. They become part of our everyday and we no longer see how bad they are. The stupidest single-use product is already out there, polluting our ocean. Help us save it by signing the petition to refill again. I gotta say it's a little brilliant. People believe this even though I think every part of them was telling them that they were red flags and they shouldn't have believed it. They believed it anyway. I did. I mean, I just, it's it's perfect casting. Shout out to Oceana for choosing the right person to work with. Heidi gets her, Heidi gets paid. She gets to do a little fun awareness. They get a person who brings awareness to their cause because God knows when we tweeted this, we were like LMAO, but people got really mad because they believed Outrage. it to be true, which really shows the way that we feel about both Heidi and like the planet. You know, it's like mm-hmm. one thing after another because like shit like she and fast fashion is just as bad as single-use jeans. I mean, it essentially, single-use jeans is kind of a joke because the idea of jeans is that you're supposed to have them for a long time and wear them in and make them mm-hmm. special. But people are out here selling, sing, like, not single-use, but, like, essentially worthless fast fashion one that you wear time. once or twice yeah right like it, it is it's not too far from that so i think that's like what they're trying to that what they're trying to say with this campaign and they did a good job because uh, they hired honey montag if disposable jeans were real in april 2022 and they said heidi montag can we give you money to promote disposable jeans like fully disposable jeans that you wear once she would say yes <laughs> she would say okay yeah but that's what's incredible is heidi montag would do the same spawn for the same amount of money for actual throwaway jeans she would do the mm-hmm. ones for fake throwaway jeans but she would do the ones for real throwaway jeans too greta thunberg eat your heart out hi lindsey bobby um short to medium time all the time and i just saw um, that (laughs) Terry Hatcher was on the Masked Singer in France. Um, And when she got unmasked, her little tagline, it said, Terry Hatcher, comédienne. And is she a comedian? Like... I just, I don't know. I I don't think of her as like a funny lady. Um, also, she's like definitely a who, right? I just, I follow her on Instagram and she's either like saving birds or like on vacation in the Amazon rainforest or apparently the ladybug on um, the mass Singer in France. Um, crunch, crunch. Bye. Wait, Terry Hatcher was unmasked on the mass Singer France. As a ladybug. And 
you can even find the screenshot very easily. Terry Hatcher in her headless at this point ladybug outfit and it says terry hatcher comedienne under underneath because it's oh the this French is one. funny she didn't even compete she just did it for one episode presented as an international star participating outside the competition and for this one episode only the personality hidden under the ladybug costume finally revealed her identity during the evening beloving both the jury well how would they know they don't it could be anyone <laughs> That's so funny. Quickly, the choices of the investigation, I think this was translated from French, just take it by... Yeah, I think so, yeah. Well, landed on an actress who participated in the series Desperate Housewives after her first clue unveiled ahead of the show on social networks, indicating as a solo, in a duo, and even in a band, I flew from one success to another. Among other clues, we learned during the show that she has won a Golden Globe, and she is a series actress, maybe. And then she sang Feeling Good by Nina Simone, you better find the clip, uh, and then she was forced to unmask, and people thought it was Eva Longoria or Terry Hatcher, and then it was Terry Hatcher. That's fucking crazy. It's flying high. You know how I feel. Sun in the sky. You know how I feel. Capella. Breeze drifting on by. You know how I feel. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for me. And I'm feeling good. Fish in the sea. You know how I feel. So this caller, first of all, says, I don't think of Terry Hatcher as a funny lady. She's been a funny lady for like 30 years. Like she's nonstop been a funny lady in movies and TV. Come on. Well, right? I think that she's always been funny on movies and TV. But I think the mis the mistranslation here is you saw comedian, which is a French word that means comedian. But maybe they I think that they use it slightly differently than we would. Like calling Terry Hatcher a comedian implies that she does like stand up, which she has, by the way. She was in some stand up special last year. <laughs> Yeah, she's starting to get into it. So part of me thinks that either this is like a weird nuance of French language that we're not getting, but also this could be Terry Hatcher officially turning the corner and like announcing to the world or at least France that she is a comedian because there's a story from Variety from last year where she starts talking about this one woman show that she's been doing. It hasn't been staged yet, but she's like learning how to tell jokes. You know, like she's, I think, planning an attempt at comedy or at least a one-woman comedy show. Well, there's this, there's an HBO special that every year has, it's like women of a certain age, it's like slightly older female comics oh, doing yeah. stand-up on Showtime, and every year it's different, and Terry was on last year. So, like, mm -hmm. she is, like, dipping her toe into, like, storytelling and doing comedy, and I think she was working with, like, Brett Gelman, you know, that comedian? <laughs> he used Brett to be married Goldstein. to... Is that his name? Brett Goldstein? Oh, I'm thinking of somebody Brett else. Goldstein. Brett Gelman is also a yeah, comedian. Brett Goldstein is on Ted Lasso. So she was yes. she was working with the Ted Lasso guy to build a stage show and do stand-up comedy. And may, so maybe that's how she wants to be known now. But also, I also, part of me also thinks that France just called her a comedian because she's funny and an actress. And they were just like, we're going to put this here. Anyways, I don't know. It could be either. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. Um... Can you tell us who is the bigger them or who, Allie and AJ or Maisie Gray? Um, Allie and AJ have 3 million 
monthly listeners on Spotify, but Macy Gray has 2.6. But all of my friends think Macy Gray is a them and Allie and AJ is a who. But also, too, which is more of a them song, I Try or the Potential Breakup song? Okay, thanks, French friend. Is there, like, a reason for this? There isn't a reason, but I just thought this was, like, so delightfully random. that <laughs> I was like, this makes no sense. And to me, it's an obvious choice yeah but this is a this is a this is a generation split there's no way to determine this this is like a this is a gimme like i'm I'm not even gonna get answer this like to me it's macy gray but i don't know if that's true like that might not be true but to us it's macy gray is themier than ali and aj and i try is themier than potential breakup song yeah but like i don't think that that's true necessarily so i'm gonna refrain i'm gonna i'm i'm this is a this is null and void and i don't like this comparison <laughs> I mean, they had like their song go re-viral on the platform. They took advantage of it by releasing it again with fucks in it. And then and now it's like just a spiral into like keep on revitalizing. They put out a new album. I think people like relatively like it, but they're not going to be like in the world again. So they're just kind of running off this like leftover nostalgia, which is fine because they have a lot of fans who still really love them and like want to go see them and whatever. Macy Gray is literally on the American Song Contest. I would say like... This, they're the exact famous. They're the exact same famous, you know? Macy Gray's song from American Song Contest is is not it. Let's just say that. But let's be real. I Try was a much bigger hit than Potential Breakup Song when yeah. it came out. Both when For both sure. came out. For so, sure. I'm just saying, like, just objectively a bigger hit. But that's fine. Like, you know, social, uh, maybe maybe culturally impactful. Maybe Potential Breakup, breakup Song is more culturally impactful. Yeah, and I try has not yet gone viral on TikTok. So, no, it hasn't. You know, it hasn't been back. We it just has need a sped not up been back. Yeah, <laughs> we just yeah. need a sped up remix of I yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last call. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, I had to pause the pod because I was listening to you guys talk about uh, Paula Patton, and I was shocked when I heard like the clip that you played of her because the whole time I thought you were talking about Paula Pell from Girls by Eva, and. I realized that I also have in the past mixed up Paula Pell and Paula Poundstone, who I guess they're both comedians. Um, so can we just like quickly do who to them, the Paula P's, um, Paula Patton, Paula Pell, and Paula Poundstone? Um, okay, have a good day at work, Olivia Wilde. So we did not do a good job being like, this is Paula Patton, because our friend Ray also was like, I thought you were talking about Paula Poundstone for like, you know, the entire segment. And then I was like, why is Paula Poundstone like making fried chicken? Like, what does Paula Poundstone's fried chicken have to do with anything at all? I think a lot of people, we, Paula Patton to us is the Paula and Paula Patton mm-hmm. to a lot of people is not the Paula. Yeah. But we have this caller's request is rank Paula Patton, Paula Poundstone and Paula Pell. <sighs> The whoiest is Paula Pell, that's for sure. I think so, too. I think that's the order from them to who. Paula Patton, Paula Poundstone, Paula Pell. But again, is this a generational thing? This is to us. It's Paula Patton, Paula Poundstone, Paula Pell. I mean, Paula Poundstone takes up a lot of space for Gen X, but not for me. Mm-hmm. Not for me. And also, currently, you don't see Paula Poundstone making headlines anywhere. No, not at all. She's 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 essentially just a name. There's The name is hilarious, but I'm not sure. She's a gag. And, what, and did she I wear a bow tie? A, and it, she's a very, like, you know, good cultural reference to make people giggle. Yeah, she wore a bow tie. How old would you guess Paula Poundstone is? 60-something. She's 62. Yeah, I got it. Okay, Paula Patton, the number one who? The number one Paula. 
Paula Poundstone, the number two Paula, Paula Pell, the number three Paula of these three Paulas. I mean, I think Girls 5 Eva, though, has brought Paula Pell up a few notches in terms of people knowing because for a while she was just like the comedian behind Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Like she was the she was kind of like the funny behind the these funny women that essentially wrote a lot for them, like defined kind of the humor on a lot of these shows. But now she's like on Girls 5 Eva, although Girls 5 Eva, not a huge, huge, huge show. I was going to ask, do you th- who do you, what do you think had more viewers, Girls Five Eva's entire season or Paula Patton's fried chicken video? <laughs> I'm serious. I'll tell you what didn't happen: people responding the way that they did to Girls Five Eva about anything in the show, as much as they responded to Paula Patton's chicken. I thought you were going to ask me like who has more viewers, the entirety of Girls Five Eva, or like Paula Poundstone's 1992 comedy special? God. What's up? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be called like What's up with this Or it'd be called like Be called like Pounded or something Like did she Hold on I'm looking up What her specials were called Because it definitely is What's up is Nobody asked you Starring Paula Poundstone Oh my god That's so good Cats, Cops, and Stuff seems to be her most famous one. You know what she's probably most known for now is being on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which is like a very specific fandom, but like I think has a real fandom. The Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Mm -hmm. And Paula Poundstone was on that for a while. It's not for me. I heart jokes. Paula tells them in Maine. Cool. Not my butterfinger. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) That's what she had a song. Paula Poundstone, look what the cat dragged in. (laughs) (laughs) Paula Poundstone, there's nothing in this book that I meant to say. She wrote two books. The other one's called The Totally Unscientific Study in the Search of Human Happiness. Okay. Great. Paula Poundstone. Why did I think it was a bow tie? Well, my my fucked up memory. I thought she wore a bow tie, but she just wore a regular tie. It's a tie. It's a tie. She's asexual and atheist, which is double A. Yeah. Rare. Wow. Seems like Paula Ponzo might be the most interesting person in that list of three. I don't know. I think being married to Robin Thicke, even briefly, like (laughs) makes you really fucking intriguing. Okay, so basically we're just saying that the cooiest is Paula Pell. Sorry, girly, you just mm-hmm. you're not up to the up to the plate. You know what Paula Pell movie I liked? She didn't write it or anything. Wine Country. I don't think that got enough love. Was that with like Rachel Dratch? Yeah. That yeah, was, was a cute funny. movie. And I don't yeah, think anyone cute. cared. No, people cared. It came out. People cared for like four minutes. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There? Keep calling in at 619 who them to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Uh, thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's. We're writing our read a theme song on Tuesdays. And uh, support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for bonus episodes, Discord server, commentaries, newsletters sometimes, and more. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because we love your ratings and reviewings. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. The very idea of a Scott having sperm. They're not supposed to have sperm. The day we met, I knew you're the one. Together forever till our day's done. I had a dream where I proposed in Paris. I pulled out a ring and asked you to wear it. I was on one knee as I looked in your eyes. You're too beautiful for my words to describe. I grabbed your hand and took one last breath. I said, will you marry me? And she said, yes. Hi, I just came dangerously close to falling in the shower. And the first person to cross my mind was Bobby. So Bobby could have been the last 
thought in my brain as I uh, died. Um, so I just want to thank you guys for that. Crunch, crunch. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. As a high school Jetta owner, your conversation has caused me to have a crisis, a bit of an identity crisis. Was I a bitch and therefore I chose to get a Jetta? Or did I get a Jetta and then became a bitch? It's hard to pinpoint exactly when my bitchiness started, so it it could have been the Jetta. Anyway, please let me know. I liked Paul Dano in The Batman. Bye. Hey, Who Weekly. Um, I work in political organizing, which means that I'm making calls all the time and leaving voicemails for a ton of random people just all the time. And today it happened. Um, today I left a voicemail for someone about volunteering for a political candidate. And I ended it by saying crunch crunch.